Hello and welcome back to the Science Behind That podcast. I am your host, Atticus Hamilton. And for all of you new listeners out there, the Science Behind That is a show where we take a deep dive into the obscure science of everyday life, into the science of everything from physics to engineering, and biology to zoology, and psychology to anatomy, we take a deep dive. So without further ado, welcome to today's episode of the Science Behind That podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Science Behind That podcast. Happy Monday morning, everyone. It is 7.10 a.m. here where I live, and it is a beautiful morning. A little chilly, though which is fine by me because I've spent my entire life in cold places, so I love the cold. But for all of you listeners out there, make sure to grab yourself your hot morning cup of coffee or tea if you're one of those tea people, and uh, sit down and join me for today's episode of The Science Behind That, where we'll be talking about dreams and the three different theories behind uh, why we dream and a a fun little tidbit of of new information on why we remember our dreams that was recently published in Scientific American. So I guess we'll just start into it. So I think all of us, at one point or another in our lives, has had one of those dreams that, you know, you wake up from it and you remember it for, like, easily the whole day. Um... I had a dream that I, that happened to me that I had like four years ago, and I still remember this dream. It was so memorable to me, right? So I think we're going to jump right into first why scientists now think we can uh, remember our dreams. And so to understand this, we first need to talk about three different types of brain waves. You have alpha brain waves. Um, waking beta, and then the sleeping theta, okay? And alpha brain waves are kind of... They're kind of like... You know how when you try and get... When, when, when you're not really that tired, but you need to get up early so you go to bed anyway, and you try and fall asleep, but, you know, you're in this weird, like, shady kind of... You're kind of conscious, but you're not really conscious. That is called alpha brainwaves. And we see alpha brainwaves and a little bit of sleep, oh, of waking beta um, when we first start to fall asleep at night. <clears throat> and so um, once we fall asleep, it's predominantly alpha and theta brainwaves. Um, and then when we wake up, it's beta brainwaves, hence waking brain or waking beta. Um, so anyway, yes, that is very, very simplified for all of you psychologists out there. I know it's really simplified, but I try and keep um, my episode short, simple, and sweet, right? So one of the theories for, or well, one of the ideas of why we can remember our dreams is that when we're dreaming, 
there's a lot of activity occurring in the prefrontal cortex and that activity is in the form of theta brainwaves. Um, and now, according to this article, um, these scientists were not able to find out why theta brain waves resulted in higher memory retention of dreams, but in their study, they found that patients who uh, were recorded to have high degrees of theta brain waves during their REM sleep uh, were more likely to recover their or to remember their dreams after they had been woken up. And uh, I think this was this is a really interesting article. If you guys are curious, it is called "The Science Behind Dreaming," and it is new research published within the Journal of Neuroscience. Um, you can also find it on Scientific American. Um, and it was an interesting study because in the study they had a large group of participants, right? And they had the participants fall asleep and then they would periodically wake them up and they would look, uh, and of course they were all hooked up to an EEG or an electroencephalogram. Um, and they would watch the delta, theta, alpha, and beta waves within their brains and how how that those behaved. And within their study, they found that individuals that had higher theta brainwave activity um, within their frontal cortex uh, demonstrated higher memory retention of their dreams. And Anyway, it was just an interesting study, and uh, I encourage all of you listeners out there to, you know, give it a look. It's it's really, really quite interesting. So, um, next we're just going to briefly, you know, well, I guess not briefly, but we're going to go into why we dream, and since that is the main topic of today's episode. So, there are three main theories for why we dream and I want to put that out there um, first before we start anything it's still not confirmed at all why we dream nobody really knows why we dream but these are the three main theories and and for those of you out there who um, maybe aren't uh, as well versed in the sciences um, theories are are often um, there's a misconception behind theories um, that there's there's they're either proven correct or they're not proven or, or they've been proven um, to you know not be correct but not incorrect right and and that's not necessarily true a, a theory is something in science it's a theory is a hypothesis right but it's a hypothesis in which all of the experimental data has pointed towards that hypothesis. So in science, when you come up with an idea of something you want to test, you say, all right, this is my hypothesis. And generally, we teach that you format it as if X happens, then that is because of Y. And if all of your data from repeatedly testing your hypothesis conclusively, or sorry, um, frequently comes back to to your hypothesis to say yes this looks accurate 
then it becomes a theory. And so a theory has no evidence to prove that it's correct, but it has no evidence to prove that it's incorrect. It's kind of weird because in science, we never know whether or not anything's correct with 100% certainty. But anyway, for the sake of this, we'll just say that these are the three theories. So you have the activation th synthesis theory, you have the problem-solving dream theory, and then you have the cognitive process dream theory. Um, so I think we should just start with activation synthesis theory. So activation synthesis theory in its most simplest form states that dreams are the result of widespread random activation of neural circuitry, okay? What that means is that, according to this theory, the only reason we dream is because when we go to sleep, random areas in our brain begin um, becoming activated. It doesn't seek to explain why they're becoming activated, which is, which is one of the big shortcomings of this theory, but it just says that all of our dreaming is as a result of random neuroactivity, neural activity within our brains. Now, I already mentioned the, the obvious error with this, which is that uh, the activity in our brains while we're dreaming is not random. That's the thing. We've noticed over time that there are certain trends within our brains, and one trend is that the reticular formation, which is close to the brainstem on the brain, filters out all information going towards the, the rest of the body. And so the reticular formation is basically, you could think of it as this big filter within the brain. And this uh, part of the brain, it filters out information that is not needed at the time, right? So. For example, if somebody's dreaming about, you know, running a marathon, the motor cortex, their motor cortex might activate, activate, but the reason why they don't get up and just start sprinting from here to, you know, Denver <laughs> or, or LA is because of the reticular formation. It, it filters out that information so the cerebellum uh, never, and, and so the, the legs, never get that signal to run. So that's activation th synthesis theory. The second theory, as we said, is the problem-solving dream theory. And this one, I actually kind of like this one. It's pretty interesting. This theory states that, or this theory um, assumes that dreams are, sim are simply a mechanism used by the brain to solve problems because within your head when you're dreaming dreams are free from the laws of physics and the rules of the real world and so it allows for leniency and flexibility of obstacle interpretation and problem solving personally i kind of like this theory i don't know if i think it's a hundred percent accurate but i like it um and I like it because one of the big things that we're often, or that we often teach 
in um, medical science when it comes to learning is that the best way to learn something is to study the subject in short periods like an hour or two hour sessions over multiple days because when we sleep we process that information and that kind of fits nicely into this theory doesn't it problem solving dream theory that the brain uses dreaming to solve complex problems that may have uh, stumped us during the day, right? And I'm sure every one of us has had one of those dreams where, you know, you go to bed really stressed about an, an exam or a question that you saw in your study guide or a problem that you had at work and you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I know how to do it now. I worked it out. So I like that theory, but I'm not sure if that's, I'm not sure if it's all or nothing. And so finally, the last theory is the cognitive process dream theory, which is dreams are merely the sleeping counterpart of stream of consciousness. And all that means is stream of consciousness is the thoughts, is basically the thoughts that you have throughout the day. Um, and um, it's, you know, I'm not sure if I agree with it. Because, I don't know about you, but I've had some really weird dreams that have not at all been like the thoughts I've had in my head during the day. Um, but nonetheless, stream of conscious, or uh, cognitive process dream theory is, is simply stating that um, Dreams are basically the same as the thoughts you have during the day. It's just they're at night. And I'm not sure how much I agree with that. Personally, I think it's probably an amalgam of the three. Activation synthesis, problem-solving dream theory, and cognitive process dream theory. Although, problem-solving dream theory is probably my favorite. So... That's all we have for today. I'm sorry I can't give you guys a more concrete answer on why we dream, but those are the three leading theories in the world of cognitive neuroscience and uh, um, behavioral and cognitive psychology. Um, let me know if you liked it. You can always send me an email for suggestions for new episodes at thesciencebt at gmail.com. And until next time, remember everybody, stand up and question everything. Thank you so much for watching, and enjoy your Monday morning.